Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. And I'm your other host, Anne. Do not worry, everyone. We got all of your feedback. Dallas was making us all look too too silly. He was being too smart for the show, so we have exercised him from our group. Um, yeah, this is this is the the Silly Billy podcast, and we're not allowed to have any of that that deep thought nonsense. He's been playing shit. Yeah, exactly. He's been planning episodes, writing down scripts. Like, I don't want to look at notes. Who does that? I don't. Who wants to talk about moral themes? I don't care. I just be honest. He yeah, just exactly. did it because Brad and Lisa were here last week. He just the only he, we we had to look good, and we're you know I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Brad and Lisa have that effect. We want to look good, but uh, you I'm know, not just recovered from that episode. Maybe that's why I had such a horrible I'm, weekend. I was like, I'm I not ready to move on. You're gonna have to drag my cold dead body out of the freaking Silver Surfer books. Oh my gosh! And I, I haven't recovered from the last two weeks because we went straight from Always Never into Silver Surfer. It's like we're gonna we're gonna hurt ourselves. Don't we are ruined. <laughs> just dramatized. Oh. Too many tears. But don't worry, readers. Nothing bad happens in the book this week. Um, Lexi, what did we read this week? We read the monstrosity that actually isn't that big, but it feels like it when you're reading it, um, of Axe Judgment Day, which, holy shit. Somebody needs to really rein me in on some of my picks because I feel like a toddler walking around with some fireworks. Like, be for real. Give me some warnings, people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm doing a counting. One second. Okay. So um <laughs> for you, it wasn't a lot, but I decided to do the, the dumb thing and I'm like, hey, any issue that says axe on the front, mm-hmm. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna yeah, see he, what happens. Took one for the team. Yeah. She did it first so that she could <laughs> gently hold my hand through the ones that she wanted me to read. So I appreciate I said, that. I sent a color-coded list. See, Here's that's the what good, the bad, and the ugly. Podcast. We get color-coded lists. We get the red he- highlighted ones that say "Do not touch." And I say, mm-hmm. "Okay." Do you know how nice it was to mark that Spider-Man issue as oh. just eh? It's like, do not bother. It's okay. That might be a hot take. I think some people. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, I definitely took a bullet on that one. Um. There's some crazy things happening in the Spider-Man run at the moment. <laughs> Norman Osborn's like his BFF. Um, Kamala's doing science stuff for him. And yeah, he's he's going through some shit. Wow. He's got a new best friend. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> Seems chill. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure Peter Parker passed. That's oh. I think that's about all you need to know from that one. Which... Did you get to? Did you get a chance to read any of the like supplemental issues? Then, like, listen, you don't have to read these, but they're fun. I think I read, I read all of the ones that you highlighted in blue. Okay, awesome. Uh, yes. So I read the Immortal X Men, X Men Red. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other one? There was one more. Oh, Immortal X Men number seven. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so those yeah. were very good. I felt like those were like the ones that tied in the best. Yes. It's, they they were really good tie-ins. Yeah. 
but you know, just in general, I would love to. What What did you think? Because this is your first. I read most of this, but the the ending was new to me, and this all of it is new to you. So, what did yeah. you think? Well, I thought it was super fun, especially following up my last pick from last month, where we read the Eternals Run for the first time by Kieran, mm-hmm. and this was a continuation from Kieran. Kiss, kiss, favorite. Um, (laughs) I thought it was super fun. I feel like it was, I kind of said a little bit off of right before we started. Um, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm realizing I'm kind of becoming a comic snob, which I never thought that would happen to me. (gasps) Never. Never. But But you're you're so young. You're just a baby. I'm a wee baby. Um, but no, I'm getting spoiled by all of Dallas's leftover paperbacks that I keep discovering are in my house. And so reading this on the Marvel Unlimited app, I was like, hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely (laughs) trying to hopscotch through this reading list, which is nobody's fault except for Marvel Unlimited's app. (laughs) Because what in the world? I will look up. If I don't put like the semicolon in the right place or like the dash in between X-Men, it'll be like, girl, I don't know what you're trying to ask for. I've never heard of this run a day in my life. I don't, what? Who is that? Who are the X-Men? I don't know. So she's a little bit, Marvel Limited's kind of a little bit of a bitch. She's, she was bullying me the past three days. But other than that, pretty good. Other than that, good. Once you found the issues, that's that's yes. always the thing with these tie-ins. It's just trying oh to God. follow it all. Yeah. It's like going it's, to the comic I'm, shop week after week. Oh, go for it. No, you're good. I was going to say, especially what you said earlier of like, even Marvel Unlimited was like, no, this is what you want next. And I'm like, no, it's not. Get, bam, <laughs> spray it with like a spray bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, get away from ah. me. <laughs> It absolutely is not what I want to read next. Thank you. This issue happened like five issues ago. Thank you, Marvel (laughs) Unlimited. I'm glad someone really smart is curating this. Um, It's following these events is always such a pain, especially when they tie into just about every series, because it's like you either have to follow everything or nothing, or you have to kind of wait until all the dust is settled to figure out what actually matters. Because reading through this, um, reading list that I found online, there's a lot of issues that matter and some issues that are fun, but a lot of a lot of nonsense that you do not need. Like all the all the X Force issues. I love the reading guide I found because it let me know, like, hey, I know you're gonna put yourself through hell, but you really don't have to read the X Force issues. To which I was like, thank God, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> That's why we chose this reading list entirely. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, listen, Benjamin Percy. I'm sure he's a great guy. He hasn't written a single thing that's connected with me yet. So I'll read those two Wolverine issues, but I'm not reading freaking four issues of X-Force. It's not happening today. No, absolutely not, honey. But thank you. <laughs> um, And just, it's like, if you're not following the event, it's so crazy. Because it's like, if you're reading Immortal X-Men or Marauders or X-Men Red, all of a sudden you, you have no choice. The story mm-hmm. has overtaken yours. And you got to just kind of be like... Okay, I guess we're I guess we're doing genocide on Mars now. Cool. I'm so <laughs> glad. You're just laying on the ground, getting drug along. Like, fine. I will, exactly. I'll read this. I guess. 
It happens all the time at Marvel, and it's it's frustrating. Like, you read um Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel, and I'm pretty sure it's been interrupted by, like, four or five big events since oh. that run started. It's had <laughs> War of the Realms tie-ins. It's had um whatever that stupid um Empire tie-ins. It's had... Jeez, I don't know now. Now they're in the middle of an X-Men crossover. It's just a lot. There's a lot you gotta follow. It's you're like I wasn't reading Dugan's X Men before, but I am now. Oh, how did they trick me into this one? <laughs> exactly. Is this the first big event that we've read? I bet Dallas is probably going to be screaming while he's editing this saying that I'm going to forget. But I think yes, it's the first one that I've ever done. I believe. I know we're gearing up for one this entire year that <laughs> shall not be named, but um, because it's a secret. Yes. See. That was good. That was a very funny <laughs> Thank note. Thank you. <laughs> I get those every once in a while. <laughs> that got me good. I was like, is it? I was like, is it really a secret? And I was like, oh, wait. Nope. That was a joke. That was a joke and that was funny. Uh, oh, also, I was going to have a slight public service announcement at the beginning of this before we were started recording, but I am a single pet parent today. And my dog is very much giving me evil, evil eyebrows over in the corner. So if at any point you hear a loud animal and Anne has to start talking to herself, <laughs> that is why. <laughs> I have a very opinionated yep. two-year-old over here. It's definitely not because I'm crazy. It's because nope. we, got, we got a dog to take yeah, care baby. of. So. Mm-hmm. I have a very mouthy baby. See, we kind of did one with... Um... I just looked at the title of it, but with Darth Vader and just that jumping around, it's so, so frustrating. But I feel like that one was a little bit easier, though, because like Mm -hmm. for the most part, when I was reading it on Comixology, it gave you the one it wanted you to go to next, like even if it was Mm -hmm. another series, which Marvel Unlimited, for whatever reason, did not do that with this one, um, which was my hard part. And I. Yeah, I believe it just, yeah, you get to the end of the issue and it just pops up next in series instead of a yep. next in story arc, mm-hmm. which I it's a feature I wish they would introduce. It would help so much. Yeah, or even if they had both. Like, this is the one that comes up in the next for this series, but here's where the mm-hmm. story continues. Like, even if they had both of them on there, that'd be really handy. Yeah, this is definitely a book that, like, if you pick up the Omni for it whenever it comes out, which I'm sure it will... Hopefully they compile it a lot better than it mm-hmm. is here. Mm-hmm. But it's like even jumping around place to place, this is a <laughs> this is a big story, but a lot happens. Do you want to talk a little bit about yes. just what the story is about and your reaction to it? Absolutely. So basically why we did this story in the first place is like, like I said a little minute ago, um, we read Eternals and then Dallas was like, Lex, you are not going to believe what happens next. Like the Avengers, the X-Men and the Eternals all have a bitch fit over each other and argue and then basically bring a god back from the dead. And the god is like, you know what? Y'all are a bunch of little tiny bitches and I hate every single one of you. Um... And so now you have to deal with the consequences of bringing me back from the dead, which, wow, that was a lot to unpack this week. (laughs) Um, But no, it was so crazy because sweet, sweet, whatever that evil man's name is that I can never remember that was in charge of the Eternals at the end of the run we did last time. Drig. Drig. Hate him. (laughs) Hate that little monster. 
Um, he basically decides, you know what? I don't like that we're not the only ones that can come back from the dead. Let's go bully the other ones that can do that because they don't get enough grief. <laughs> so he decides to wage war on the X-Men. And for obvious reasons, they're not very happy about that. <laughs> Can't imagine why. <laughs> like, rude. Thanks. Can't catch a break, I guess. Have to form a whole colony on an island, a whole country. Nope. Just on my sweet fucking island, and you're going to come... The island that talks, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ruin my Um, day, thank you very much. Sunbathing, now I got to do war. And crunk on the beach. Leave him alone. He can't swim. What's he going to do? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so Druig decides to be an absolute menace and just start a war because he's convinced that the X-Men are deviants. And gonna gonna be honest, a little confused in how he got there, but that's all right. I'll let him have that one to, to put the story on. Um, but we see uh, it kind of picks up immediately after where we left off with our last episode on this, where we have our like main group of Eternals that we followed through that whole story. They are still living in the deviant colony. They're mm-hmm. still quote-unquote, the good guys of the Eternals. I don't think any of them are good guys, but that's just my opinion. Um, They're all kind of jerks. (laughs) Um, And we get our little group of Avengers, which is a little ramshackle group. Love them. (laughs) The more and more comics I read, the more and more the Avengers, I'm like, oh, you poor sweet babies. (laughs) You poor sweet little human babies. (laughs) You might want to tab this one out. You got all these groups with like these really intricate and yes. deep wars going on, and it's yeah, like Captain America and, those, and Captain America's like, dude, I just signed up to fight Nazis. Now yeah. I'm just like, I'm not I'm supposed like, to be here. I'm supposed to be dead. <laughs> now an alien god is judging me, oh and I don't like it. Tony Stark brought another robotic thing back from the dead. Jesus Christ, you didn't learn the first time. Quit letting time- him make things. I don't get every time Tony Stark has an idea, someone needs Why to shut him down. Every single time. Ideas. They're like, listen, you had one good idea, and it's let's put myself in this robot man. And <laughs> yeah. ever since, everything else has just been garbage. We need mm-hmm. you to stop. You can't be alive. And then put him in a home. Put him in a home. <laughs> keep <laughs> keep his tools away from him. Oh my God. And then the moment, like the moment it takes you to say that, he's already had like 10 more ideas yes. to destroy the world. It's I love him. <laughs> criminal criminal Crip. my boyfriend told me the other day he saw a theory on instagram which those are his favorite i love him sweet sweet little man if i hear one more mcu theory from instagram i'm gonna commit a crime he goes did you see they're bringing iron man back and i said no let him die please and he was like gosh why do you hate iron man so much and i was like you don't his only redeeming oh. quality was that he died. You bring him back, it's all coming back. <laughs> Iron Man fans are going to love this episode. I this is going to be great. I hope they come and find me in my Twitter DMs that I don't read. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Send Lexi hate mail. Do it. I won't read it. I'll just click delete. <laughs> or even better, I'll turn off my phone. <laughs> I, I don't think you understand how healthy that actually is. <laughs> Delete. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's a lot of anger in this in this issue in these issues. A lot of angst. Mm-hmm. A lot of everybody trying to fix the problem that they thought was going to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But just made the problem so much worse. worse. Yep. They decided yeah. to bring back this six-eyed monster god that was like, you know what? I'm going to judge all of you, and you all are going to fail. Even if you win, you're mm-hmm. going to die still because I don't like you. Yeah. I really liked that that bait and switch where it's yeah. like you set up a conflict between all three of them at the beginning um, where it's like, so the Eternals are just going to go. They're going to genocide the mutants, and they're going to call it a day. Mm-hmm. And you have them attacking Krakoa with these giant Pacific Rim looking um, monster Eternals. <laughs> I love, um, I'm not sure. Has a Twitter or something. The, the one that has a Twitter <laughs> and is best friends with a poet who just won't write. And it's like, listen, your poetry is really good. You should publish it. And she's like, no. And she's just like sitting on her bed, like on her stomach, like LOL, feet up in the air. And I pictured like the Eternal doing the same thing, but like yes. on an island. <laughs> Just sitting on Krakoa. <laughs> it's just like rocking back and forth, causing earthquakes and yep. shit. Just like this is the best day of my life. I have a, I have an online moot. <laughs> We're having the best of times. <laughs> and then you have um, Thanos's um, it's his uncle, right? Urna, Uranos. Oh, Uranos. Oh yes, Uranos is. Thanos' uncle, but Druid calls him grandfather, so that's a lot to unpack also. Gosh. Eternals' families are always yeah. fun. Messy. All I know is that we met uh, Thanos' space slut brother, and that was the best ever. <laughs> I just, I realized I this is the first time you've, gonna, you've ever met um, Star Fox. They so. introduced him as a space slut. Yeah, I, that's... That is amazing. That is the best thing I could have ever heard. <laughs> Oh, space slut! Space slut! I love it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. He's a he's a character that's been steeped in a lot of controversy because his power was like I believe pheromone manipulation, oh, and um, yeah, he's um, not not good. <laughs> I could see how that could his, go horribly, horribly wrong. And yeah, his whole man. and his whole power is I will make you fall in love with me. No, no. Not great. No touch. Go away. So I actually, I can we can talk more about it later. But I think yeah. the way they used him is so so great in the story. I was gonna say I liked him in this one. Oh, there's Mouthy Dog. There she is. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Uranus, who is a terrifying motherfucker, that they let go for one hour, and I think it probably has the that was so funny. It was so. Funny and terrifying. It wasn't terrifying. terrifying. I, I, the feeling that I got when he was only out for like four pages, I was like, oh no, something worse is coming. That's the only thought I had from that. I was like, if he's only out for four pages and I'm only like three books in, three issues in, like what's what's going to happen? What's Mm -hmm. happening? Oh, they're going to bring a god back from the dead to put him back in his place. Huh. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) I... I love that they used him so effectively to set up the the threat of the Eternals and then to immediately have him be overshadowed by the looming threat of the um the celestial who yes. came back to tell the Eternals no but ended up telling all of them listen 
you all suck. <laughs> so I I'm going to sit here and judge you. you. It's, it's a really interesting um, subversion from what I think most people expect from an event like this. Because you have like events like Civil War where it's the entire time the what you see is what you get. It is hero versus hero fighting from issue one to issue seven. And if you read any of the tie-ins, it's all about that. It's just this really obscure who's right, who's wrong. There's two sides to it. And then this one... You think there's going to be three separate sides where you have to pick like, oh, the Eternals are right, or the X-Men are right, or the Avengers are right. And it turns into they're all fighting for their lives. And it's like, a, a great, I, I really like the twist where it's like, this keeps this kind of bullshit keeps happening. You're all being ridiculous. I don't think any of you deserve to live. And that was just very, very refreshing. It's like, if you like this event or if you don't like this event, I think you have to admit that that is certainly an original idea for one of these. Because you get, you know... so crazy. Yeah. And there's so many of these big events every year. Marvel has like two or three. DC has like two or three. And they just... They can blend into each other so well. Like, if you can tell me one thing that happened in Empire... You, listener, tell me in the comments one thing that happened in Empire. I would love to hear it because I I don't remember. I know Carol Danvers became a um, an accuser for a little bit, and that's that's about all I remember. Plant people, I think? Yes. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was very cool to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to ask. So we have mm-hmm. a ton of moving characters throughout this entire thing. Yes. Who do you think throughout the whole run was your favorite either like judgment or like story arc or character arc? What do you because there's a lot of different ones. I mean, I know I said I kind of like Arrow's being called a space slut, but I have more than just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think Eros was used so well. Um I'm actually really, really invested in the Magneto storyline. I thought Magneto's arc went so, so hard. But of course, when you get your heart punched out and you have to keep yourself together with just the power of magnetism, that kind of, you don't, you don't have to go any further than that. It's, no. It sells itself. Wild. <laughs> that was where I'm like, if there's a tie in that you have to read, it, it has to be these X-Men red issues because yeah. that's just, baller insane and just the the Araco <laughs> mutants are so cool yeah like um Sabernar where his power is just his blood is an infinite ocean they're just so much more hardcore than our level <laughs> I'm like you right? animals no wonder you live on Mars <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's like the idea of like mutants that lived hardcore in, in engaged in war for centuries and we're actually allowed to propagate yeah. and be mutants. Yeah. And you see just like how far away they get from humanity and it gets to some really, really cool places. Those those mutants are so, so neat. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I would I'm yeah. go dig up more from them later. <clears throat> Honestly, I would recommend that entire X-Men Red Run. It's just so great. It's probably my favorite Storm book I've ever read. Ooh. She... I haven't read a ton with Swell. She pops up. I mean, we've read a lot mm-hmm. of X-Men, but... Yeah, it's like someone tells you to read Storm, you'll get a lot of Claremont recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think Ewing has just been masterful with her so far. Cool. She's 
she's turned into a real space baddie, and I love her for it. So, <laughs> X Men um, was really really fun. Those X Men uh, Immortal X Men issues were fun to read because I also love the illustrations in those, because mm-hmm. um, they are slightly different than the Judgment Day ones. But I was like, oh, you remind me of Marauders. That was my very first <laughs> book. <laughs> love that. Oh, um, I think. Ajak and Tony go through some really interesting changes. It's <laughs> thinking back, Ajak, oh my gosh, it's kind of hard to think about because the way this event starts, you don't really know who to focus on yeah. for so long because it feels like the main characters shift as the story goes along. And there's so many different voices that it's just, well, it's it's told all from the perspective yeah. of the Celestial. That's <laughs> just so cool. In his, you know, judgmental ways. In his dark red bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's not until the end you realize where it's like I should have kept my eyes on Tony and Ajak this whole time. Crazy, I think Ajak was the craziest one for me. Yeah, how? Did you, what did you think about the ending of that story? I actually really liked it because I mean, for me, like so. Last time we read with the Eternals, I read the run and then also watched the movie too. So we got to see kind of two different types of Ajax, which also every time I hear, I see her name, I think of the <laughs> the dish soap. So sorry, yeah. everybody. Can't help but giggle a little bit every time. The yellow dish soap, which fitting. <laughs> um, very boring. Anyway, so she, <laughs> I can't. She, I didn't love her in the first round. She was such a stick in the mud. I was like, you are for sure the worst Eternal in these comics right now. Mm-hmm. In the ones we did last time. I really liked her in the movie. I mean, she did die. So tragic. Um, hated that. Didn't really get to see much of her. But what can you do? But she just for sure was like the stick in the mud. Wanted to be... <laughs> This might be my uh, anti-religion propaganda, but she just Ooh. wanted to talk about her God and not do anything fun and <laughs> die over and over and over again and understand the consequences, but not tell anybody, which was a lot. But to see her kind of go through her own quote-unquote religious arc where she was like, no, actually, you suck. We don't. You're the one that all of a sudden mm-hmm. is on his high horse we brought you back from the dead. Like, I need to shake your head around a little bit. Who are you to judge all of us? Like, how about I judge you? And spoiler alert, I become a god, bitch. <laughs> that was good. I liked that. That was a good, that was a good surprise. It was interesting. It's one of the events where I feel like it's it's kind of deceptive because I feel like there is a bit in here that's really um What's the the word I'm looking like? Really impactful, really mm-hmm. thoughtful. Um, Ajax's journey reminds me a lot. It's it's a journey that I've seen a lot of my friends go through. Where it's like you, Ajax didn't grow up, but you you come from this really religious background where you're like you're told that one thing is right, and you just like got it. I'm gonna cl- I'm gonna cling on to that. I'm gonna make that everything that I believe, everything mm-hmm. that I um, spread to the world. Life. Right. And it's like, you don't even really think about it. But then it comes a time when you start to realize. I'm I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this because Ajak realized just something is wrong here. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because I I believe my God was one thing, but in actuality, I see all this this pain and suffering that it's bringing, exactly. and I don't like that. And it gets, I think, her journey to find faith, not just in her God, but in herself and her own beliefs and being like, hey, listen, I always just blindly follow this, but I can see that this isn't right. And I think there is some truth in what you're saying, but I don't think that you're the one who needs to be making these judgments. I think we're the ones that need to be making those judgments. You can't do it because you don't have that same perspective. I thought it was really, really interesting to see her come to that realization of we're the ones who decide what matters, not some, (laughs) I almost feel like the celestial is just like a metaphor for really ancient texts that was written by people that are not alive today. And we still follow for some, it's the idea of an outdated, um, ideology versus modern sensibility exactly i could be i think i could be diving too deeply into it and i'm definitely not saying it in the really really smart way i hoped i was gonna say it but i hope that enough has come across to be like i i get what you're saying even if you didn't find the right words for it yeah absolutely like i feel like you put it perfectly because i for sure see myself in that situation like Mm -hmm. i brought up very religious. My family still is very religious. We're planning a whole family vacation of circling around that religion. And I for sure have had situations where I was brought up short because I was like, how can I support a quote unquote God that judges the people I love so harshly? You don't Mm -hmm. know them. You don't know their life experiences. Like who are you to put the thumbs down on somebody's life. It is completely open to interpretation. Like even just like some of the stuff that we saw throughout the run, like just for a vague example, why did Captain America get a thumbs down and Tony Stark didn't? What the F? And I loved um, when Jean Grey called him a hypocrite. Like, yes. <laughs> you gave me the thumbs down for genociding the world, you know, which is a yikes. Right I now. admit, I admit it was fine, but that's what you're doing. Yes. That's exactly what you're doing. You are in the process of committing genocide right now. So I 100% agree with you. Like, that Ajax story and her development of, like, no, I'm capable of making my own decisions. I realize, like, you are wrong. You're wrong. I don't believe in you as I did before. And I felt like that was something extremely powerful. And I mean, just believing in herself after that, which I thought was super cool. So I think you put oh, it perfectly. Yeah. Thanks. And I think you definitely helped like actually solidify what I was trying to say. You you put it much better than I did. Um, teamwork makes the dream work. That's what we're here for. Girl exactly. Power. Girl power. Let's go. <laughs> I, I wish that I think the one that might have disappointed me a little bit was Cersei because oh, she had a yeah. a much bigger role to play, especially when she comes into the end to be a martyr that I like wish like if this if I knew the story was going to end with her, you know, dying, I wish that she would have gotten a bigger push, a bigger voice. Yeah, because she's just a, a background character for a lot of this. You get a couple of issues where it's like, yeah, so she's hiding something and that's not good. She's not telling 
the hum she's not telling the humans or she's not letting Icarus tell the humans and that's not good. <clears throat> and she just kind of dances around the background for a little bit until she comes in. And is like, okay, I guess I'll tell Icarus now. And before she even finishes talking, the Celestial's like, you're dead for good. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. And, and she just stays like that. And I'm like, it feels a little anticlimactic to me. Yeah. I feel like for me, I was like, okay, well, why is that her fault? Like, why is she the one that that was the martyr? Like there were so many other characters in the Eternals that knew what was going on. Like, if you want to point the fingers, if we all want to stand in the circle like the Spider-Man and point the fingers at each other, like Ajax needs to be in that circle. Basically, every single Prime Eternal needs to be in that circle. Like, it's a big damn circle. So why does she come out of left field all of a sudden and is like, no, this is my burden to bear with my little tiny shorts. <laughs> um, and then she just gets zapped. And then everybody gets to come back she but her. That was so dumb. She gets sapped in the middle of a sentence. Exactly. Let She's her like, finish. <laughs> she got freaking like polka dot manned. Polka yeah. dot manned from like the Suicide Squad. Just gone. Just gone in a heartbeat. It's like, well, I guess that was it. Yeah. Cool. It was brutal. It was brutal, love. Brutal. <laughs> Christy, Christy. But yeah, and also I love that Ajax's first judgment was on her own god. Yeah. And that's what triggered her transformation. By the way, beautiful, beautiful fucking design by oh. um Valerio. I, I hope. Gorgeous. Do what? Ajax Celestial, gorgeous. Queen. So, so perfect. I'm going to look up how to pronounce his name because I want to say, say it yeah. correctly. That's why I said it was funny that the yellow soap is named Ajax because her outfit is very yellow <laughs> after she becomes a celestial. I was like, ah, <laughs> celestial soap. Love that. Yeah, it was um, Valerio um, Skiti is the, the artist for this and absolutely freaking phenomenally talented. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Very good. I, oh, I also, also we forgot. I, go for it. I was I was just gonna say, can we also talk about how they freaking brought Captain America back from the dead in one of the X Men pods? <laughs> My jaw dropped at that splash page with his mm -hmm. shield coming out of the. First of all, how did they do that with the shield? Yeah, like, they grow <laughs> he came out fully clothed I and mean, with his shield on. You <laughs> figure they comes probably, out naked. I guess they have to be able to do that because the Wolverines come back with their adamantium. So I'm like, I guess they can make a shield. That's fine. But the funny thing but, is, like, but, the funny thing to me, I was like, oh, Steve's such a prude. He came out with his clothes on. <laughs> Unlike everybody else. Everybody else comes out naked. Not him. Mm -mm, fully clothed. It's, I love the mutants coming out of the A's because they just come out. They're just flaunting their stuff. They're like, yeah, just got reborn okay. and I'm naked. What of it? And Steve Rogers definitely came out and he's like, he puts his shield down first thing. He's like, can I get some pants, yeah, please? <laughs> Funny. It was a big moment. I, I was going to say, that was just such a huge moment because for so long, the resurrection thing has been so special because the mutants are like, this is our one thing. Mm -hmm. This is the one thing we can keep to ourselves because, you know, you keep killing us, so we low-key kind of deserve it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I guess technically we could bring people back, but no, we, we why would we do that? We don't want to. <laughs> We're not sharing. What do you, yeah. What do you think about the decision to bring not just Cap back, but to <clears throat> have that change to the rule where Jean Grey is now actively picking like special people to bring back? Oh, that was also crazy. Like her 
foundation that she was running of like mm-hmm. at the end of picking who. I feel like that one like, like has I'm 50-50 with that one. Like I understand what they're doing. Like, yeah, oh look, look, we're gonna bring back the people that need to come back, but we're for sure gonna pick the people that are coming back. That's that's in our that's our ballpark, buddy. We're picking. You're lucky that we're letting you even partake. So I I think it's a cool idea, but I think it's a little funny still. Like they're still keeping that power in their back pocket for sure. Yeah. And it brings up so many more moral questions. Like, how yeah. do you choose exactly. who you how bring back? Choosing? Is it a lottery? Are you just like doing like whoever? You just close your eyes. I I've, paper, on, click on a whim. I feel like you, 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 and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. I hope that it actually, since it's Gillen writing it, I'm sure it will be explored in the future X books. But it definitely, it definitely changes things a lot. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's one of those. Every time you go through an event and one of the solicitations for these books makes fun of it, where it's like, you know, we always say it's never going to be the same again and nothing, everything's going to change from here on out. I feel like not too much changed from this afterwards, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard because the Eternals book is done. There's a lot in here that would have been fun to see the ramifications of if that had continued. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this book as a finale to that run? I thought it was really good. I feel like for me, I would have loved to see, kind of, yeah, kind of like what you said, like what would happen even more after this? Like, you know, like I feel mm-hmm. like it was a big explosive end. And I feel like for me, there was a lot of loose ends still, kind of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd love it- to see Uranus just decking the <laughs> shit out of Druid in their little, in their hole. Just, just a whole <laughs> issue of Uranus. <laughs> Having a little bit of fun with Jurig would have been fun. Would have been like satisfying. <laughs> Gosh. He's like, you hide, I seek. He's like, this is just a round cell. Exactly. Good luck. Exactly. Have fun. <laughs> um, I'll close my eyes. Say so it's like, for me, think about this as like the finale to the Eternals. I think it does a lot, especially in that Omega issue, to really solidify that yeah. new status quo. And it has places where it's like, if they wanted to go for another arc, I could definitely see where it could go. Getting to see the Eternals, you know, kind of in disguise, trying to make up for everything they've done to humanity. Definitely could have been interested, but just knowing that they're out there doing that, I think it's a, a solid enough conclusion for me. Um, I agree. I think the only conclusion there I'm not satisfied with, again, is just Cersei's. But oh, it's because yeah. she didn't really get that resolution, I think. I agree. I think one of my favorite resolutions, though, was Icarus going back to that little boy's mom and being like, you know what? I still feel bad about this. You can throw that soup at me. It won't do anything, but I'll let you. I felt she burned herself. She's like, this isn't doing shit. He's like, yeah, I know. I don't feel better either if it makes you feel better. Sorry, you burned yourself, lady. It's not doing nothing to me. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about um, the Eternals and the X-Men, but what did you think about the Avengers role in this? I still feel like they were a little over their head, like in over their heads. <laughs> like literally every single one of them was like, boom, dead. Like, yeah. oh, it was Tony Stark the last one. I will never get over that. I think, I'm sorry, everybody. 
burn me at the stake like a witch. I think he is so stupid. I hate him <laughs> so much. I almost, I think I hate him more than Spider-Man because I pretend to hate Spider-Man. I <laughs> actually hate Tony Stark. So even that, that one shot issue, the Axe Avengers didn't win you over? <sighs> I did like to see his dad give him a hug. That felt good. <laughs> I'll let him have that one. But still, still, I can't take him seriously. I don't know if it's just because, like, I just don't see any redeeming qualities in the dude. Like, you're just the worst. I'm sorry. You're just a rich guy who got to make some cool suits and just get to make bad decisions that make everybody suffer. Quit making damn robots. Quit it. I think it's one of those. I'd be really interested to see you read um, if we read a little bit of Busick's Iron Man. Or his Avengers. I think he does a lot of really great things. I think one of the things about Tony is his struggle with regret Mm -hmm. with like the things that he has done and a lot of the choices he's made and especially his struggles with alcoholism. I think those are some really, really interesting stories. This is a man who's constantly struggling against his own inner demons, whether they're, you know, literal or metaphorical. I think he he has a lot of depth that way. He's he's a character worth exploring a little bit, but I definitely understand the like I wish you would stop fucking up mentality yeah. behind and him. And also a little bit of context. I did watch the MCU Civil War movie last night, so I'm feeling extra hateful towards him. Oh, okay, up. got it. Hate hate hate. Good. <laughs> Who are you just to don't... sign that damn paper? <laughs> Captain America's just... right. I love just him. don't read the the Civil War comic because yeah, <laughs> you'll probably be feeling even worse. Oh, boy. but oh boy, <laughs> he's he's had some ups now. But then, who am I to judge any character by their Civil War appearances? I <laughs> fair. They're, they're not great. Fair. It's never great. Yeah, I I thought he was interesting. I don't have a lot of. I know a lot of people have different thoughts of whether he should have passed or not. But I think that's kind of the point that we get towards the end where it's like the Celestials just kind of doing this really hypocritical double standard for a lot of different people. It's like being, it's just, there are no rules. The the points are made up and the, the rules don't matter. All that fun stuff. So it doesn't, Oh, you're bad. You're not. Oh, you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. Oh, I kind of like you though, but I'm still going to kill you. Sorry. It's one of those things where it's like it doesn't bug me because the judgment that passes is whatever is going to push that story forward the most. I think the reason Cap fails at the beginning is because you need to have that sense of hopelessness. Because oh, yeah. you need to convince your readers that like just because they're a hero doesn't mean they're gonna pass. And who better to have fail than Captain America? Because of all the people in the Marvel universe, you'd expect he'd be the easiest the first to pass. But no, he's down and out first and i think that sets up the tone of just dread and like oh shit not just for the characters in the story but for the people reading the book too i thought that was a very smart choice even if people are like this is dumb i think it was a very smart narrative choice i agree i feel like that one i when he did actually die i was like holy shit oh okay Mm -hmm. i guess this is how this is gonna go because i feel like in my mind he's just kind of one of those untouchable characters. Like he's, you just kind of can't, you can't kill him. You can beat the shit out of him, but you can't kill him. (laughs) It's unforgivable. What, what did you think about the issue where everyone did die? When he zapped Thor, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's another one. I, I also am, I'm a very large fan of Thor in the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Most because I love the Hemsworths. Um, but when he like hit him with the hammer and he just disintegrated, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Literally everybody's dying then. Okay. Yep. Ugh. That's a, another great choice to show you. It's just like, hey, everything's done. Yeah, no one is safe. Know. They're all gone. <laughs> very, very creative ways of um, dispatching a lot of these characters. Yes. I love that all the Firebase ones, he literally burns out of existence. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it Carol um, that got cancer and just died? Yeah. Carol got super cancer. <laughs> it was great. We really appreciated that. That was fun to see. (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ, okay. That one seems like the worst to me. I'm like, he literally gave her cancer. Like, have you ever seen the Harley Quinn TV show on HBO? The cartoon? I yeah, the the, like cancer. (laughs) He goes, He just she just gave me cancer. That is the worst thing you could have ever done. <laughs> I wish you would have just killed me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. That's such a good show. That is such, such a, good, a show. good show. Everybody <laughs> should watch that. That show slaps. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. I think it's also one of the... You, you get to that point in comics where someone dies and you're like, okay, I give it a month. I give it a week. I give week, it... Bud. Two years, yeah. Especially in Marvel comics, where two out of three of these people can can revive. I before um the the revolution the revelation came that everyone knew about the death thing, but like before when they just announced Axe, I thought it'd be the funniest thing if like the Avengers had no idea that either one of them could just like keep coming back, and it's just um <laughs> they're just like <laughs> like they're watching a video game play where it's like, didn't you just die like five seconds ago? Did you How respawn? You come from? What the hell is? <laughs> There's um this is a a reference for the sweatiest of sweaties out there. Anyone that watched Red versus Blue in the early 2000s, there's the the moment where Sarge and Caboose end up in a valley where the Reds and the Blues keep fighting each other, dying and then respawning later just to fight and die. And I just pictured like that's just that's just axe. That's <laughs> they're going to be the Avengers. That's what they're going to watch the whole time. So funny and. But then, you know, they had to spoil it. Um, they had to let everyone know that the X-Men could revive people. I'm like, well, there goes my funny idea. The Avengers aren't going to be nearly as fun now. <laughs> oh, funny. It's like, what's I that think- name of that one movie where the family has to, like, pretend to be a family so they can smuggle drugs? Is that the Millers? We're the Millers? Yeah. The, like, we're the Millers. Like, it's that scene where it's like, you're getting paid 500000 Like, you're getting paid this? And the yeah. one kid's like, you guys are getting paid? It's like, that's the Avengers. You guys get to come back to life? What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. The cool thing with the Avengers in this one is the Avengers got a lot of flack because every time a writer wants to make the X-Men have a genocide, like if you're talking about Genosha, you're talking about um, House of M, anytime that the Marvel editorial says a bunch of mutants need to die really quickly tomorrow... The X-Men are nowhere to be seen. And this always gets brought up in story points. Like when um, Civil War was happening and Tony's like trying to recruit Emma Frost. Emma's like, yo, where were the Avengers when our children were burning? Hmm? Yeah. Where, were you, where were you then? And I like that when the X-Men were attacked this time, the Avengers actually showed up and were like, listen, 
yeah, we should act. We're actually going to help you. We're because, sorry. You know, <laughs> that actually makes sense to me, and I'm glad they they actually took a second to to do the right thing for once. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, their base did come back from the dead, so they didn't really have anywhere to go. <laughs> Funny. See, that was that was before the um they they made the space god. That was just when the Eternals were just attacking them. True. Where was oh, Hellrider loved- or whatever he was? What was that? His Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Where was he? <laughs> Hell. Ghost Rider is, you know, I can give you the most comic book answer of all time. He's currently exploring the multiverse, assembling a multiversal <laughs> Avengers. Fair. Fair. Okay. I'll accept that answer so, and put it in my pocket. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. When in doubt. That's what you know, doing. he's doing that with <laughs> he's doing that with Deathlock, and he found a version of Tony Stark who is Ant-Man. <gasps> oh. So you know your favorite person. <laughs> he's great. There is the issue with the Tony Starks, I think you'd really like, because they find a lot of Tony Starks, but it turns out most of them are either failures or really, really selfish. So oh, there's not Christ. a lot of Iron Man in the multiverse. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll accept that. There is one that's bigger than planets, though. He's in, like, a Galactus-sized suit of armor. That tracks. That makes a lot yeah. of sense mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there's a... Anything, which of the, I think you said the Immortal X-Men and the X-Men Reds were like the only side stories you read. So you didn't get to, I'm glad you didn't read like the Avengers number 60 or the Amazing Spider-Man. I think some people liked them, but I thought they were just kind of nothing issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, the tie-ins were just, we're going to jump to this other series real fast just to see how these characters were judged. Mm-hmm. Are there any of those that you want to know? Because I can tell you. Spider-Man passed, um, I think Hawkeye passed, and Captain Marvel passed. That tracks. Oh, wait, how did Captain Marvel... I mean, not... Wait. Did you say Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel? Captain Marvel. Yeah, how did that one go? So, in that tie-in, Carol is, um, you know, trying to save the day, and she's being followed around by the image of Marvel, mm-hmm. and I'm pulling it up real fast just to give myself a, ref- a refresher because I didn't read this one specifically for the issue for I mean for this read through because I'd read mm-hmm. it before and so after saving a bunch of people um, she gets the thumb up thumbs up from the Marvel vision and he says you always get up Carol v- Danvers no matter the odds it is an inspiration to behold such un wavering force of will and heart and so you're judged and so you are today judged worthy captain marvel also goose the cat got a thumbs up too well yeah (laughs) perfect love that oh (laughs) one that i was gonna ask about that i didn't know if i should read because i in my little head empty brain was like do i touch the fantastic four or do i wait is that the same run that we are going to read, or is that a different one? It is a different run from the one we are going to read. Okay, because but I was like, I don't want to spoil anything for myself accidentally on this one little fun scavenger hunt that I'm going to do. But it's Fantastic Four 47 and 48, and then they just like appear at the end. I'm like, oh, where did you come from? Yeah. Those, um, I mark those as fun because they yeah. are not necessary at all for the story because the Fantastic Four really have nothing to do with acts and those tie-ins okay. really don't have anything to do with the Judgment Day either. 
but they are written by a friend of the show, David Papos. And it's a really, really great story that focuses on um, Susan. And it's just, it's diehard in the Baxter building. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need to go read those now. (laughs) Yeah, you you do. They're really, really fun. Okay. Fun, fun, fun. Um. Do you have any more thoughts? I feel like we have a million questions this week, and I feel bad because we only got to do one question last week with Brad and Lisa, so I feel like we should do all of the ones. I am more than happy to do that. Do you have any more thoughts? (sighs) Not really. There's there's so so much. I think the questions will help us. I was going to say, I feel like the questions will cover anything that we didn't already. So let me pull those little suckers up real quick there's a lot and i'm so proud of you i can give you all a little kiss on the cheek thank you for being our friend okay oh no who is this one from oh ha. this is why we love dallas he says from tristan at outside of the message love that okay so from tristan <laughs> questions there's 10 kiss favorite Without okay this what is your favorite cover to this event mine was number two with the heroes looking at the celestial. There was a lot. There was a lot of them. Um, Let's see. I'm going to take a, a quick look. Yeah, let me look. While we're talking, I know, I guess it's not necessarily a judgment day issue, but like the tie-ins for the Immortal X-Men ones were really fun. But I also mm-hmm. just really like the X-Men, I'm realizing, the more <clears> I start <throat> talking about it. <laughs> what did you think about that Exodus issue? Which one was that? Immortal X-Men number five. Oh, oh. Yeah, I read that one. Like, what did I think of the story or the cover? I I was thinking, what did you think about the story and the character? Why am I having a head blank empty moment? I did read that one. Where did it go? Sorry, I'm trying to find it on my stupid Marvel Unlimited app. No, no, perfectly okay. What I'm gathering here is just <clears throat> definitely left an impact. Yeah. <laughs> Toasty. Love that. Okay, X-Men. Please be my friend. I just read it. I swear I did. Because I read all of the X-Men ones. I think in the meantime, my f- favorite cover was probably... I want to go... With Judgment Day number three, because I really like the way that Jean Grey and Makari look on that cover. I loved Jean Grey throughout this. She was so fun. I liked her art, like how she looked. Jean Grey gets a lot of hate, but I don't get it. I think she's awesome. And that's a Mark Brooks cover. He did absolutely fantastic. Please, Marvel Unlimited, be my friend. I feel personally victimized by this app every single time, every week. Have you or a loved one been personally victimized by the Marvel <laughs> Unlimited app? Please feel free to reach out in our contact. I wish I could be gmail.com. compensated. Financially compensated. And also, I do love the cover for Fantastic Four number 47 because it's actually hanging on my comics wall at the moment. I love Sue in that. Wait, did I not read this one? <gasps> did you skip an issue? Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Oh, wait. Did I? Because I recognize this man. Who is this man? 
I'm just gonna hope. <laughs> I'm gonna hope you didn't read it, because if you did read it and you have no recollection of it, that's never a good sign. <laughs> I did not read it. <laughs> okay, awesome. I did not. That makes me sad. Which ones did I read then? Stupid. <laughs> what? <sighs> that's perfectly okay. Oh, I read issue number six. Love that. Got it. Which is good because that one was also a must, I think. Yeah, that one was on the list for sure. Uh, that one's uh, cover's kind of fun. Did I read... I think I skipped an issue too. I don't think I read Immortal X-Men number seven. I did read number seven. I believe. <laughs> I'm so yeah. upset. I skipped the Nightcrawler issue after saying for so long, like, I just haven't clicked with Nightcrawler. I want. I wish something would make him click. And I just completely skip just his fucking him. issue. Just like deleted dumb... him out of your mind. See, this is the this is why the reading guides suck. Because sometimes you just skip yeah. an issue by accident. Oh, it's so frustrating. The second question from Tristan, Tristan though. Um, oh, yeah. What was your favorite variant cover? Oh, boy. I don't know how quickly I can pull up a list of these. Ooh, I don't know either. Um, What's the third question while I try to pull third up this? Question. Did you like how the plot went from a battle between the X-Men and Eternals to a survival of the entire world? Yes. Immediately, yes. yes. That was very fun. It was very fun bait and switch that I was not expecting. I completely agree. Mm. It's a very There's some... I'm looking through some of these variants. There's some solid ones. There's a David um, Nakamura, I think is his name, cover. Um, it's Wolverine, Laura Kinney's outfit from the Hellfire Gala. I think it's really oh, cool. She's such a bad bitch. Wow. <clears throat> she really is. Wow. Oh, and the um, number. <laughs> I can't believe they gender bent her for the movies. Insane. Stupid. Stupid. There's. Oh, this is where this... There's a Lucas Wernick um, Judgment Day number five cover that has Destiny on it. And oh my God. I love that cover. Destiny. That was my profile picture on Twitter for a little while because I thought that was so cool. Right after I did my hair <laughs> brown. I said, look, a brown hair lady. I like <laughs> Destiny's amazing. I love her. She should have passed. You know, I think the I think the Celestial is just homophobic. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, okay, Did I pass a single four. gay person? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that actually goes quite yep, well into number out. four. Who had the saddest thumbs down? Mine was Caps. Agreed with that one. That was brutal. Um, <laughs> who is my saddest? Let's see. There's a lot. My, <laughs> my saddest thumbs up was Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> the only person with a sad thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> tragic I think <sighs> I don't know I can't remember a lot of the thumbs down I think Jean Grey's thumbs down really yeah, hit yeah hers was because she's, yeah cause she's just like how much will I have to do to make up for this and he's yeah. just like you won't <laughs> Sucks and then also suck. like the hypocrisy of that one I felt yeah. like was, that was when I realized like oh this is really just unfair exactly so that i would say that one okay 
Number five. Um, also, oh. <laughs> rest in peace, Twitter girl. Twitter activist girl oh. who gets the thumbs down. That was so sad because she didn't tip. Well, actually, tip everybody. Yeah, exactly. Tip your servers. Tip your service providers. Tip your estheticians that do your nails. I feel personally victimized by that. <laughs> Amen. Tip people. Tip Especially because workers, a lot of them please. don't make jack shit. And they rely on tips. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. <laughs> Number five. Who had the best thumbs up? Mine were Peter, Miles, Cyclops, and Dr. Doom. Oh, Dr. Doom. I got a good chuckle out of that one. <laughs> I said, that tracks. But that makes sense. Yeah. He thinks Stevie he hasn't done Richards a single thing wrong. <laughs> Not mad. That's funny. Um, I think my favorite thumbs up is hands down actually the deviants. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. And that's also how I thought it was funny how they were like, we don't think any X-Men are deviants because none of them got thumbs up. And I was like, love that for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, go deviants. Fun for you. It's Mm -hmm. your one win on all of life. It's like we are better. Our God (laughs) who wants us dead thinks we're good. He thinks we're chill. Yeah, we got thumbs up. He's like, listen, would I send, would I make an entire race of people to kill you for all eternity? Yes. yes. Would I invite you to my birthday party? Also, yes. I think you're pretty chill. <laughs> kind of kind of fun sometimes. Um, okay. Number six. Did you pick up any of the tie-ins? Yes. Yes, we did. Um, mm-hmm. I only got Amazing Spider-Man, number 10, X-Men 13 through 14, and some issues from Immortal X. Oh, Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red. So we read a little bit of the Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red. I think there was one of those mm-hmm. on the list that you gave me. But Anne read yeah. most of them. I or read them. most of them. <laughs> and there are definitely some that you can skip. <laughs> um, picking them up, though, I just I picked up whatever I was following at the time. I was already following um, Marauders, X-Men Red, Immortal X-Men and Captain Marvel. So those were the ones I just kind of picked up. Didn't even realize that Iron Fist had one. And that one was, it was pretty fun. Oh, love that. Loki Uh, was in it. Loki gets a a thumbs up. That just made my whole day. I will (laughs) die on my Loki love hill for the rest of my life. Good. Did you see Ant-Man? I did see Ant-Man. Did you see the after But we shouldn't. I will I not say a damn thing. Scene. I could just say I'm happy. Thank you. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, number seven. What was the best moment of the event? That's up to best. everybody's interpretation. <laughs> best single moment. Here, you go first. Shout it off without thinking about it. Uh, I think one of the, I don't know if it was necessarily the best moment, but I think the moment that hit me the hardest was when he was going around judging all of the civilians and he got to that one guy's wife and he was like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to that lady. She's been through enough. And then it just like Mm -hmm. went, kept going. I was like, yeah, okay. You're a dick, but less of a dick now. I think my favorite civilian moment was when the, um, the racist Irish guy got fucking decked because he, you know, he got, like profiled and he doesn't understand mm-hmm. the irony. I think mm-hmm. that was my favorite the favorite moment where it's like 
Yep, that that tracks. That or that really really tracks. Was a POS. Oh, that was also so yeah, satisfying. Like, and then they had to deal with that elephant in the room after they all came back. He was like, like he will never understand why his son said he was POS. He's like, we're all. I thought we were gonna die, Dad. So I just thought I'd let Sorry. you know how fucking racist you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, which moment shocked you the most? I think when he zapped the shit out of everybody. Oh, it says mine was the ending to number four. Yeah. yeah. yeah so when he zapped the shit out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, when he zapped the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I think my most shocking moment was probably the the um <laughs> the death of Magneto, the two part oh, yeah. first punch through the heart, second um when he comes back. Because seeing him alive, I'm like, no, he was fully dead. I'm like, if he was part of me like expected something to happen because I'm like, if he was fully dead, we would have had more than like a split panel to to react to that. Yeah. But that was that was a moment that went so so hard. That for sure was a good one. Um, what do you think of the Eternals being hated by humanity? I like it. Makes actually. sense. <laughs> I would too. I, if if somebody, if a superhero team came out and said, "We get to live forever because randomly one of you dies," when we want to come back to the life, yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, fuck you, Jesus." <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's not their fault, but it's kind of deserved, and yeah. it's I like that they're still helping people anyway. Yeah. Yes, I like that that they're like undercover being nice now. Mm-hmm. I liked the um the note in Zerus's um notebook in the Omega issue where he's like, "Listen, they know now, but they're they'll forget in like two hundred years. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> they'll all forget it's, anyway. It's such a non-issue for him. <laughs> true, true. Uh, okay, last question from Tristan. What would you call what? Wait, what would you call this event? I would call it God's a celestial judgment of the world in the Marvel universe. I kind of like think Judgment Day. Asked- yeah. Wait, I think they're kind of asking like if you had like a tagline for it, if you had to oh, sum it up in one line. I see. Well, that I like yours. Then that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I have, I have no objections to that. That no. that sums it up pretty simply. Yeah, because then it doesn't give just, anything away. There's a lot. It's just a very well masked critique about religion, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. <laughs> that's the long and short of it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The, the next question comes from Carlos. Thank you, Carlos. Hello, Lexi and Anne. Do you think that the subjectiveness in the progenitor's judgment, the fact that he judges people in ways that seems to not follow a certain parameter, is a feature or a bug of that story? A more quote unquote strict judgment or one that explains the rules is better or worse for achieving the themes, or much like Thor's hammer, is better that what makes. Someone being able to pass more ambiguous better. Oh, so I think just Carlos is asking, would we have liked to have seen like a set, more strict set of rules around like what qualifies as a pass and what qualifies as a failure? I feel like no, because I feel like the wishy-washy gray spot is what drives the story of them being like, you know what? What is going on? Like, what is going on? Like, what? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the whole point in my book. Um, yep. I don't. I don't think it's a bug at all. I think no. it's definitely a feature. I think it's intentional mm-hmm. because it's because like, it's no, like this guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, you look at the ways that like 
gods from modern day religions are apparently judging people. It's like, hey, did you eat shellfish yesterday? Well, <laughs> fuck you, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, <laughs> were you born gay? Were you born transgender? <laughs> well, guess what, bucko? <laughs> you got to deal with that for eternity. So yeah, I think the fact that some of the judgments make no fucking sense is makes it all makes the sense, sense in the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely because, agree. Yeah. Gods be crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Okay. Next question is from Sabrina. Um, hey both. I love the podcast and am an avid listener. You all have nearly oh wait. You all have nearly all the trades I've bought in the last month. So, Waltz, I thank you for your diligence. My bank account does not. Trust me, Sabrina. I understand. I adopted this hobby from my brother. Uh, (laughs) My question relating to Axe Judgment Day is, do you think that it falls flat due to the cancellation of Eternals? I was collecting three X X books and Eternals, so I felt I was prepped for with context entering the event, but as it went on, it really felt like this became an X event, which the Avengers and Eternals just happened to be there. I'd be curious as to what you both felt about that and if they could have presented the event differently, it would work. Um, so do, um, you th- do you feel like it felt a little X heavy, Anne? I mean, it it was definitely X heavy, but I think it's in the way that's like, yeah, there's not a lot of Avengers tie-ins here. I think the only Avengers that gets a direct tie-in here is Captain Marvel. Like, Mm -hmm. Iron Man gets his standalone Avengers issue, but there isn't a Captain America tie-in. There isn't a, there's no Black Panther tie-in or anything like that. There's no, um, there's no Starbrand comic to have a Starbrand tie-in. So it's like, (laughs) they just said, we, listen, we have like, eight X-Men books, we can surely give you three of three or four of them to, to have these tie-ins for. So it does, it does feel a little weighted towards the X-Men at times, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would have liked to have seen it a little more evened out and to get different perspectives there because I feel like you have these three monumental corners of the Marvel universe. It would have been great to actually have them feel like they're coming at this with the same weight. I agree. With the same amount to lose. So um, I don't think it's really narratively, I don't think it's hurt from the fact that Eternals has ended. Cause like we talked about earlier, I think it's a solid finale for the mm-hmm. Eternals run. I feel like it gets but, wrapped up pretty well. Yeah. I don't think it suffers too much, other than the fact it would have been nice to get some more Eternals perspectives. Because, like, you get some characters like Fastos and um, Sprite who are just non-existent. And if you had an Eternals book running side-by-side with this, you could have actually focused on Cersei there, so that when we get to the end of this, her little poofing, her little doesn't feel as abrupt. (laughs) It feels just like that. Abrupt. Um, I also realized, sorry, there's two screenshots of Sabrina's questions. So there's the other half. Um, if someone else has already asked this, then my question is, or you don't like this one, here's another. <laughs> do you think this worked well as a deep religious allegory, or do you think that this is still operated in some big blockbuster shallow end of the pool that is the summer crossover? Thanks so much, Sabrina. Sabrina, you got it perfectly. Um, we agree. Yeah. 
I was going to say, just answer is yes. yes. <laughs> it is a yes. summer Sabrina. blockbuster, yes, but it also <laughs> it has very, very clear, deep religious um, yes. allegories there. I'm. How can we talk about the religious book and Dallas is just gone? I know. How did we manage that? I don't know. Gosh. Paper, you made a mistake. You got to bring him back. <sighs> I mean, we do like that guy. He's pretty fun. He's pretty neat. He's pretty I, neat. I love him. He's, he's awesome. He's cheating on us this weekend with other friends. <sighs> How dare he have other friends How besides us? Friends. This podcast needs to be everything. <laughs> um, okay. And it looks like we only have – so thank you again, Sabrina. We agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> last question is a big one, a big one from Zach. So it's three screenshot pages. So we'll break it up <sighs> a little bit. You want Bless me to read you. this one? Sure. If you want. Okay. It's just, I give you a little bit of a break. The last one was a little bit of a long one, too. Thank you. Um, after, hello, Comics Collective. After your Gillen Eternals coverage, I was super excited to hear you covering Judgment Day so soon. This is my first time writing in. Thank you so much for writing in, by the way, Zach. But I've been a sporadic listener since your Wonder Woman Earth One coverage. What a cool set of books. You folks also made me reassess Final Crisis, the first Morrison book I've ever read where I remember going, okay, this is a bit much even for a big fan. What is happening? And I enjoyed it way more than the most recent reread. More in my most recent reread. Thank you so much, Zach. I'm glad that you went back and liked the yeah, book a lot better. That makes us feel like we actually... We actually yeah. We have an influence. That's what we do mm-hmm. here. Anyways, I'm excited to hear Lexi's thoughts just about Kokoa in general and trying to make my way back to your Hawksbox episode soon. But, well, first of all, I believe that Dallas has talked about his faith a bit before as a very annoying high school atheist turned hopefully much more chill adult atheist who tends to be really, who tends to really enjoy certain faithful characters now. Macari's ascension made me really happy because I know that a lot of my militant dick dickish atheism stemmed from a homosexual anger at organized religion totally feel that um makari being adamant that as the eternal's god i think i think um zach means um ajak here oh that makes sense that makes got sense. it she also needs to be worthy of their worship even though declared heretical by zerus i think is something that i find an awesome quality in a god i feel like Along with the proof thing, she's a god I'd want to worship, a god that deserves it, along with a doctrine worth following every day is Judgment Day. So all that is to say, as some more faithful folks, I think, what do you think about Judgment Day's treatment of the question of faith? I love that question. And Zach, I totally agree with you. I feel like I am in my grouchy high school atheist (laughs) moment right now. As Dallas's younger sister, which is very entertaining, as I'm planning a trip to the Holy Land, quote unquote. But anyway, um, I I totally agree with you. Like, I love the thought of a God who strives to be worthy of people's worship. I think that's such a cool idea. And I really did love reading that. Um, I feel like it made it a lot more special to me. I feel like it the way that it was written was super nice. <laughs> I don't know like what, what else to say, but like I feel like it was written in a way that made a lot of sense to me and didn't feel like overly in your face about it, if that makes sense. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. Um, I'm definitely a bit more of a, a religious person. Um, on and off and Dallas actually helped me 
get back into that because after I came out for a while, I just, I stopped going to church because, you know, you, you come out and all of a sudden church means a lot of, (laughs) it means a lot more different things than it did before. And it can be a scary place because there's a lot of places where religion is very much, very, very much against who I am. And that's, it's terrifying to feel like, as my mom would so often put it, that people have hijacked your own religion to a point where you feel like you don't belong in it anymore. And just Dallas having conversations with me about what scripture actually says and the way, and having a deeper understanding of the way that people have sort of used it and abused it over time to sell, to use, um, no, to push like more selfish narratives and to push more um, human agendas, I guess is yeah. probably the best way to put that. Yeah. It's, it gets to a point where it feels like your God, who is, you know, all the assembly of everything that you've put together, when you feels like your God does not respect you anymore, is it a God worth following? And then Ajak going like a God, God needs to respect me too. God needs to be someone who we can look up to. I think that's her moment of saying my religion is going to be what I decided is not what you decided is for me. And that was, that's a, that's a very personal and relatable moment for me. And I think that's, that's what makes it work so well because that's what religion should be. If you're a religious person, the religion that you follow should be the one that you follow because it's there to make you a better person and to make you a better human, to make you a better neighbor, to make you a better inhabitant of this planet and to help care for your neighbors and your loved ones and strangers. It's just, I think that Ajax's journey to figure out what that means and to make sure that her faith isn't blind, but actually beneficial to herself. I think that's very, very powerful. And if Dallas was here, I'm sure you could have put that a lot, lot clearer, but that's no, that's I about where I am that. right now. I hate to say it, but like I kind of love that it was just us two that got to talk about that because <laughs> Dallas is so smart. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. to the point where I want to smack him in the head because I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand some of the things that you say, but you're so smart. You have such a sweet little brain and it's so good, but... I don't know. Like it was kind of, it was kind of fun to get to see your point of view also about that answer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um Zach's next question makes me want to cry. <laughs> oh, okay. We did not which, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, which death hit harder, Cersei or the machine that is Earth? The machine. Death <laughs> well, the machine actually felt like a death scene. Cersei just like pops. Yeah, Cersei was just like, I'm out of here. But the Bye. Earth I said, no, leave him alone. Yeah. And also, it's just like Cersei's didn't hit in that moment because it wasn't yeah. in that moment where it felt permanent because it's like... Oh, she'll just come back. I, she's going to come back. All the Earth is going to come back anyway. It's not until the yeah. end where you're like, oh, shoot. Nope, that was that was it. She's the one who stays dead. Cool. Who do, Who decided that? I'm sorry. I think that's just so funny. Like, of all the dead Eternals, why did they pick Cersei? That felt, that feels personal. Ajax for sure had some beef with her. Yeah, she didn't get to be a character in that series. She popped. No. She was just a side character in that one too. Dang. I don't know what Cersei did to Kieran Gillen, <laughs> but he's not a fan. About those little tiny, tiny pants. 
<laughs> that aren't really pants. <laughs> and lastly from Zach, which judgment surprised you the most? Matt's was great, of course, but I think my favorite was Jean's. It's about atonement and doing as much good as you can, not redemption or balancing some cosmic scale. Very Angel the Series for any Buffy fans. Ayo, that's me. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jinx. Um, definitely Jean. I agree with that one. Jean was like, yeah. <gasps> no. I think in terms of surprising, it was either the deviants because I'm just amazed that oh, yeah. Celestial would have said that you're okay. I've been trying to genocide you for millennia, but you're okay. Over there. It's like yep. a dad that doesn't talk very much. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the That's how I feel with my dad. Yeah. Okay. It's like the person who's been voting Republican their entire life, getting on Facebook and liking a Black Lives Matter post and be like, that's enough activism for the day. That's how I felt when my dad literally my dad, my dad the other day goes, you know, we don't actually really like Donald Trump that much, right? And I said, What? Is that character arc? What? Character? What? He goes, Yeah, we hate him too. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Ooh, love that. Woo! Cool things happening in the Taylor <laughs> household. This I know. Is, I this like, is a this great girl. revelation. Look at this girl. Wow. Um, also, Doctor Doom surprised me a lot, just oh, because I'm like, fun. I thought he was going to get failed for being petty, but no, nah. that's why <laughs> he got he passed for being petty. <laughs> it's like he's true to himself. Thumbs up. Yeah, single he's tear drop. All in lied. This <laughs> he's never lied about who he is. The celestial asshole. <laughs> Imagine God looking at you and being like, you're a true hater. You pass. Love that for you. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the podcast and sorry about the rambling. It's a lot of fun every week. I might actually read a Silver Surfer co- comic after last week, which I never thought might happen. Have a great night. I hope you have a great night too, Zach. And thank you so much for writing in. Those were some wonderful questions. Love getting to hear from you. And I hope you enjoy Silver Surfer. It's going to be a blast. I'm muted and I've been screaming. Zach, if I could influence you to read anything, please read that Silver Surfer run. I have not, I am not recovered. I don't think I'll ever recover. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever liked something so much as that. So please, please, please read it. Read it. Do it. You can do it if you like. I think it's okay. I'll twist your arm. I will do it. <laughs> I will find you and twist your arm. <laughs> you do not want to test Lexi on this. No. It's a so- very good one. That's that's all our questions oh. for today. Lexi, do you have any more final thoughts on Axe Judgment Day? Are you happy we read it? I am happy we read it. I feel like it was a very good wrap-up to our Eternal episode from last time. I thought it was very I good. So too. Very I also kind of love that it was a girl episode. Sorry, Dallas. We love you. But look, look at us girl girls. Episodes, big brain. They're always great. Exactly. <laughs> big brain religion from Lexi and Anne. You're welcome. <laughs> That we blew your mind with our eloquent words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and wonderful prose. Yeah. No one no one has words like us. We have the it's best true. words. It's true. Uh, what about you, Anne? Any final thoughts before I take us out of here? Um, not particularly. Um, read X-Men Red. Check out Storm being really sexy. Mm-hmm. Wow. She is, she is mother. So Queen. That's, Queen that's all I got to say. Yeah. Queen shit. Awesome. I love she starts the um the Brotherhood of Mutants on Mars because Queen she's like shit. Mars Literally. doesn't need the X-Men. She needs a brother it needs a brotherhood. So she's like, I'm gonna be a bad bitch. Let's do it. I love it. 
All right, everybody. If you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at The Comics Collective. Or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star written review and we will read it off on the show. And feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show or us in general at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Tell us we're cute. We like it. Yeah, tell us we're cute. We love that shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, what are we doing? Is next week already March? Yes, it is. What the shit? How does that how does that make you feel? Vile. That makes me feel vile. <laughs> hate. What are we reading, Lexi? Uh, we are picking back up on our fan fantastic four. Oh, I almost said fantastic fart. <laughs> fantastic four extravaganza. So Join us for part three. I had to count how many months we've done it. It's only been three months in. Wow. Wow. March. <sighs> only three months in the year. March. We're, we're going to make it through. Oh. So much Hickman in so little time. That's all right. Yep. Evan Von Doom will be back with us yes. for that episode. Of Ooh. course. We love, love Evan. Evan, Evan best friend of the pod. Yeah, for anyone following along in their own um, reading, we will be reading Future Foundation 6 through 16 and Fantastic Four 600 through 604. Woohoo! So, yeah, um, make sure you catch up. We're going to figure out what War Crimes Read is going to do this time, and it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm looking at what we have planned for March, and March is going to be some so big... It's going to be so fun. We're going to do a little bit of... um. We, we haven't talked about a Sunday comic strip on the show yet. So I'm not going to spoil what we're talking about. But we're definitely talking about a little bit of the funny pages this month. And, you know, maybe we'll tackle one of the greatest comics of all time. Who knows? One of the most talked about. One of the most acclaimed. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't either. But I um, feel like I can name drop this one that we're doing on March 15th. Everybody, mark your calendars. We are doing a mailbag episode where we will answer all of your questions. And so if you don't email in questions and we don't have a long episode, it's your fault. So give us (laughs) questions. It can be about anything. Ask us about our personal lives. How Dallas and I met. I don't know. Something. How he cried at my birth. (laughs) How did you guys meet? It's like, it was so funny. I was at a Starbucks one day, right? (laughs) No, he actually legitimately cried when he found out I was a girl cried big tears Ooh. asked if i could Ooh. get me he could get me back dallas misogynist <laughs> arc began early wow then he made it better because he picked me out a little purple bow and brought me a teddy bear oh that's okay, how we know that's everybody. sweet <laughs> i don't remember it but <laughs> but yeah write us in ask us about anything it's yes. always always a pleasure to just talk about whatever mm-hmm. just tell us what we can have a half an hour episode two hour episode it's all up to you or I don't have any time. I don't have anything on Sundays. I don't ever do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy Sundays. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Woohoo. All right, everybody. Okay. We will Bye. See ya later. Toodaloo.